We are fortunate to tell these stories on the traditional lands of the Yalakit Willem, a clan of the Bulwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture, and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging, and through them to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Pear Street is steeped in history and fascinating stories. Crowned by the council officers at one end, with a pier at the other end, in between is one of the most functional and picturesque local shopping strips in Melbourne. Not only is Pier Street well known for its Tuesday market, great coffee and places to eat, it's also home to a couple of Melbourne firsts and one of Altona's oldest businesses. We start our journey outside the council chambers, or the oyster shell, as some locals refer to it, where we find one of only a few eternal flames in Melbourne, acknowledging our fallen servicemen and women. Welcome to the Hobson's Bay QR Walks. Your safety is important to us, so please remain aware of your surroundings as you walk the curated path and listen to the series. You can find more information about your path if you scroll down the page past the sponsors. Supporting a local merchant on your walk means supporting an entire community, so do pop into a shop on your walk, even if it's just to say good day. The flame originally used to be down on the by the beach in the park on the Esplanade. And them days uh, they used to uh, hold the um, dawn service down on the uh, park around the uh, flame, uh, which, as I say, was on, on right on the beach. And then, they, of course, when they um, built the new uh, shires, uh, they shifted it up to... Uh, uh, the front of the uh, shire of it. The Returned Servicemen's League was formed in June 1916 by the troops returning from World War I with the purpose of preserving the spirit of mateship formed amidst the carnage and horror of battle to honour the memory of the fallen and to help each other whenever required. As a Korean War veteran, George Coleman has had a connection to both the Williamstown and Altona RSLs since the 1950s. Back in the early days, uh, there was really uh, no RSL here. It was a hall and they used to sell uh, black market beer. It was known as the Black Market Hall. They shifted the uh, missing hut from Bench Street to uh, where the main uh, RSL is now and it was, that was there for quite a number of years. Uh, because uh, that ground too originally uh, on the corner there was uh, a pool. It was all filled in and a couple of houses there. And uh, the RSL um, bought uh, the land and they put the uh, missing hut on it, of course, uh, and then gradually went up to where it is today. Prior to the First World War, Eric Weiss, better known as escapologist Harry Houdini, made Australia's first recognised flight in Diggers Rest, Victoria, in March 1910. A few months later in November, Frenchman Gaston Cunet 
bought his monoplane to Altona and made a very short demonstration flight in the paddocks near where the RSL building stands today. The flight lasted for seven minutes and reached a height of 200 feet. However, on landing, he bumped into a cow with more damage done to the plane than the cow. Word must have spread through aviation circles that Altona was a good spot for experimental flights because just six months later, another aviator, Joseph Joel Hammond, made history in the same paddocks by landing the first commercial flight and conducting the first passenger flight in Australia. Graham Riley, president of the Altona Leverton Historical Society, joins me. Joel Hammond uh, followed a Frenchman and uh, brought his plane across in pieces from England and then in Pier Street set up a portable hangar and put the plane together. Now, late February, after taking a couple of solo flights, he started on passenger flights, which was his whole purpose. And so his first flight, uh, he took his mechanic up into the air. And the reason for doing that was that the previous night, uh, they had to tweak the engine. And so they just wanted to make sure the engine was okay because the next flight with a passenger was gonna be pretty special. And it was gonna be his wife. So he took his wife up and they saw to about 3,000, 4,000 feet, which is quite high for a plane in 1911. And I think, in fact, he did something like six passenger flights that day. In one of those flights, he took up two passengers just to prove to everybody that this plane was strong enough to take three people. He was out there to prove a point, which the previous pilots hadn't been able to do, that this plane was something that was to be invested in, and this was going to be the start of aviation in Australia. The first flights are commemorated with a plaque on the corner of Railway Parade and in the mural in the laneway off Pier Street. But despite this, not many people know the history of flight here in Altona. I'll tell you something else most people don't know. On the corner of the mural laneway, you'll find one of the oldest businesses in Pier Street, Cheryl's Hairdressing. I've had this business in Altona coming up 58 years. Seen a lot of changes too. Just this change, there was a lot more shops, a lot more shopping, no, what are they called? Shopping centres that, you know, when we first started. So it was all community living and stuff like that. It was really, really good. As we make our way to the Louis Joel Arts and Community Centre, we'll find ourselves walking past the G.J. Grant Reserve, dominated by the Laverton Homestead. There are so many fascinating stories associated with the homestead which was built over 180 years ago. But what I find most interesting is that it was the first homestead to be built on the shore of Port Phillip Bay and has been continuously occupied in one form or another ever since. It started out its life as as a family home and a a farming property or a rural property for grazing and and growing crops. And then towards the, the turn of the 19th to the 20th century, it changed and became a, a holiday resort for a, for a company up in Footscray. And so it was that for about 15. And then it was a rental property for a family who'd lost their, their husband and, and breadwinner. So there was that community saying, we, we need to look out and there's a home sitting there, let the family use it. Then it was the council chambers um, back in the 1950s and the early 1960s. So it's been a dentist, uh, childcare, and then the historical societies had it since 
um, probably the late 1960s um, when the council moved up to Civic Parade. Um, and so we've been able to, to use it as a, as a base and a, a point where people can come and have a look at what life was like um, back in the early, you know, 1900s. If you're lucky, it might be the first Sunday of the month and the homestead is serving a traditional Devonshire tea for you to enjoy. But if not, why not visit the Altona Leverton Historical Society's website? There you can book in for the next sitting while you soak in the history. There is a whole lot more to learn about Hobson's Bay than I can share with you today. But the homestead is a great place to start on your own journey. This project has been produced with the support of the Louis Joel Arts and Community Centre, the Altona Leverton Historical Society, Newport Community Hub Recording Studio and by the Hobsons Bay City Council to its Make It Happen grant program. Directed and written by Gina Kennedy, sound production by Alex Amster and narrated by me, Libby Tanner, with contributions from over 50 members of the Hobsons Bay community. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to look out for the other QR codes in Hobson's Bay. There's always another story to be told. <laughs>